0: 9 to five dot CC. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Go Plug Yourself podcast. Sorry, this episode is a couple of days late. We've been having some computer difficulties, but all that is sorted now. On this episode, we have Joe Garkey, who's talking about the 28th edition of Montreal's Under Pressure Graffiti Festival. It's been operating for since 1996, which is wild to me, uh, since I've been going to this for like 20 years. Uh, it's happening August 12th and 13th in the area of St. Catherine, in and around vufundi uh, ret Thick. There's going to be obviously graffiti, there's going to be breakdancing, there's going to be music, it's going to really kind of have a whole block party feel. It's amazing. Uh, Joe joins Lawrence and myself to talk about the history of hip-hop, the history of the festival, how he got involved, uh, how important, you know, a lot of these, these things that are celebrating sort of like community and culture are in the city. Uh, it's a great time, so sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Go up. plug yourself.
1: Go plug
2: yourself. You plug it not up Go plug yourself. You plug it not up it. Go plug yourself. Go plug it not up it. Go plug yourself.
1: It's time for another. Go plug yourself in. There, this the is, is happening. There's a mess. Go fuck myself. Like it's the other thing ach-
0: is if you ha- like have attention deficit disorder, like I do, yeah. And this is the podcast now. <laughs> uh, is you will just forget stuff. You're like you're yeah. like you're like gotta gotta th- and cooking is timing. You're yeah. Like, oh, you have three minutes to to get this worked out or whatever. She's like, no problem. Set a timer and like phone goes off, beep beep, beep or whatever. And I'm already looking on another thing. I'm like, oh no, I burnt this to a oh, burnt geez. this to a shit. Yeah. Like Sarah is, Sarah always is just like she knows it's she knows it's meaningful when I do cook. Yeah. But at the time she's like, why don't you cook? It's so fun. I was like, no, it's a stressful. Sometimes it is. It's a stressful nightmare. Like. <laughs> for for all,
1: I know this is an audio podcast but I have to describe Sarah just no nod <laughs> in the history just with like the, the eyes squinting just like nah fuck nah
0: she <laughs> enjoys it like that's the thing like she'll sit there she'll put on her television like below deck on the counter she she enjoys cooking exercise. not cooking with you
1: yeah yeah not cooking with me yeah yeah oh and then and then if my I'm- wife likes a very few things in the world less than cooking with me. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes she if I'm like, around, I'm a nuisance. It's one of Ooh. us is cooking, the other one is uh, no, not no, no, no.
0: Sarah's also like, you, like, can you help me with this? And I'm like, sure. But then like I'm immediately like snapped at. Him yes, yes, yeah. Shopping, standing in the wrong, yes, exactly. Stand, yeah. wrong create, like in the wrong. Like you're not doing that right. You didn't yeah. cut this right. Like, I, I'm have I'm like have that you that ever too. seen anything cut like that before <laughs> in your life? I'm and, like
1: the, and then she feels, and then she feels bad. She's like, can you grate some cheese? And I'm like, I can grate cheese. Get the butter and bread
0: out of the out of the fridge. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I can do that. I mean you have a kinder wife than I do. Sarah's just like G- grab the cheese, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Stop <laughs> talking to me. When I come back it's grated. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, yeah, And I'm like in the living room now yeah. just like mm-hmm. as a side
2: note, I got to say I'm incredibly jealous of your like stone counter. Like I have I moved in my place um in the plateau and we've got a wood island, but it's nice. wood. So I feel t- like I, ma- making bread right. and like dough on it and try to make stuff into it. I'm like oh god, it's going to get in the crevices. Yeah. You have yeah. to protect with water all the time. So I'm like I got to tell you this kitchen counter. I was like I I got to like I was scoping out your kitchen. Like, oh, we yeah, got yeah, mixmaster over there. Nice. Sarah,
0: Sarah does some bread, and it's right there, right there on the counter. It's the that, best. Oh my god! I, right,
2: that's it. Like, that's it, man. So. What?
1: One of the things. My wife, when we were when we were house hunting, one of the main things because I'm thinking uh, parking for my car. Does it have a garage? You know, I'm, I'm thinking about all these practical things. My wife goes, "I need a counter big enough to roll a pie dough on." Right. And then we got th- we we so we pies, turned down a how many bunch pies of places. She this is the thing. <laughs> we turned down 18 no, no. houses we like, <laughs> and oh. now she's
0: never made one fucking pie. Wait, wait. Uh, excuse me. I was told there would be pie. Yeah, I was promised pie. <laughs> N- not even multiple like pies. No, like not just like one. Small-
1: if she made a bunch of smaller pies, I would say, you know what? That's a win for the team. Mm-hmm. But now there's no pies. No, 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 s- zero no big pies. pies. No small pies. No crumble. There's been
2: nothing. There's been no dough rolling of any kind on any ever? Has she ever, wow, has she ever a- made you a pie ever?
0: No, no. So like, so I don't know where. So you you'd been, baked. So you'd oh, been no, no, like, that's d- not
1: true. She'll make cookies. She'll make banana bread. Okay. But, I I mean, but with she's that. not drawing
2: okay. the line that like, we're not drawing the line of just pies. Like there must be other types of doughs that she might have rolled out on that counter or like d- no no d- dough no, whatsoever dude. Joe okay, I can't we're be clear no about the dough, lack of Joe. dough
0: being rolled
2: okay well in which case I I think it's definitely an L I'm sorry oh, to hear that. I'm telling
0: you it's great I mean listen we need to talk to Ev clearly <laughs> <laughs> let's get Ev on the pod <laughs> we're just gonna ambush her where's the pie that'd be so funny
1: if we bring my wife on as a guest we're like hey babe can you just fill in for an episode and then we just bombard her with all the, the crazy g- things I've said unabashedly yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <They're> like, why has <laughs> Lawrence
2: ever had
3: pie
1: why has Lawrence ever had pie and she would just fire up and french Okay, <laughs> but you know. Okay, wait. It's gonna be eighty-four.
2: That's brilliant. I mate. think my
1: wife would cover two hours of complaining about me for sure. A hundred
0: percent. Our guest at this time. Yep, Lawrence, <laughs> so dear old friend of mine. Uh, I was gonna say Joseph, but I don't think that's right. Is it just Joe? <laughs> it is just <laughs> Joe. Like, I've never ne- known anyone to call you Joseph, but I was like, maybe I'll put put some like sauce on it. But no, no Joe Joe Garky. <sighs> hi, hi. Thanks uh, game, um coming here to talk about. So if you don't know Joe, Joe has been working with Under Pressure forever. Yeah,
2: since the beginning. Since, uh, since all 28 years all I've been involved uh, all the way even the festival years. before that which was a uh, uh, the aerosol funk, which was the precursor to Under Pressure, mm-hmm. uh, it was just a bunch of graffiti writers getting together indoors, <laughs> uh, painting. Well, that's where, where <laughs>
1: you want aerosol. To be? Well, well, that's, that's it. Everybody had a great time. Yeah. No <laughs> one
2: remembers anything. No. And <laughs> this is why we this is why we moved it to the outdoor parks afterwards. Oh, yeah. But yeah. yeah, even to that. So from '95, I've been involved with uh, the festival.
1: How did you start?
2: Um, so, the founder of the festival, Sterling Downey, and his co-founder, um, Flo, um were already involved heavily in the gr- Montreal graffiti scene. We're talking about the mid '90s, '93, '92. They had already been involved in doing graffiti around the city with several other artists of the time. Mm. And um, by late '94, '95, there was a significant amount of pushback from the city. Obviously, there's a you know there's a huge dispute of whether. Tagging, muralism, street art are all the same thing. And in the early 90s, when no one had seen it, and there's a giant influx happening all of a sudden, cities like this is vandalism, da da da, and they're cowards, and you know they're gangsters and drug dealers and X, Y, and Z. And a lot of them were just, you know, isolation, um, isolated artists who just wanted to do spray painting, or they'd seen it and grew up with it from the early 80s, and their whole movement and brought it here. Mm-hmm. So I think that to be publicly bashed like that, <coughs> Sterling, who has been, always been a, a, mouthpiece for any cause he's been involved with was like, you know what? We're going to create a forum in which you can just meet artists middle of the daytime. There's no concern about them being chased away by security guards, jumping over train yards that so we're going to get public walls. We're going to get permission to do them. And the public can decide if this is art vandalism if these guys are, you know, horrible drug addict artists, or if they are legitimate, you know, talented people, and so to
0: put because yeah, I was gonna say a lot, a lot of the time your interaction with graffiti is you rarely see the artist, like right. at least in like in the tra- in the traditional like, sense, it's like somewhere you said you talked about like train yards or whatever else. Like we have the trains running by behind my house, you see all those trains going by, and I'm like, I know people just get up in the yards in the middle of the night and, and go out there and spray like you're not going to meet these guys is it cool some of it's real nice but you can't like you can't have a discussion if you're only seeing the end right. like the end result you're like this I don't it. know anything about this artist and maybe
2: he's That's it. the worst and, and it's interesting you said that because, like, uh, I just had a flash in my head, like, even in popular culture today, when you picture any representation you've ever seen of graffiti, yeah. it's always, like, some sketchy teenager who's, you know, doing the back of an old high school or yeah. he's out at night and he's got his hoodie on and his bag. and Bart Simpson. Right. That's it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not talking about chopping off, um, you know, bronze heads anywhere in the parks or anything. Right, but right. we are I saying think. that that is the representation, <laughs> the connotation that's affiliated with them. Right. And some of these people have full-time graphic designer, large corporation, Disney, yeah. um, animator jobs. Right. And they're, the way they got inducted into the arts was either through characters of graffiti style, lettering of the l- early 70s. You know, um, Some of it might have been political graffiti that they might have seen um, throughout cities and whatnot. So it's interesting just to, be, to classify all of this graffiti scene as... You know, we don't see who they are, so it must be illegal, and therefore they must be bad people. Mm -hmm. And Sterling challenged that outright. And so we had uh, Aerosol Funk, which was the first event that we did in 95.
0: So, and just to to, to pause pause you in 1995, so... Why are you there?
2: Why am I there? Like, 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 like,
0: like, I, know, I know we're talking about the history of the under, under pressure right. and aerosol funk, but I'm just saying. But, but I'm like, I'm like, okay, so like, l- so little Joe. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's so a little, what, little Joe. Yeah, what, like, young There's Joe. definitely already a little Joe rapper. for <laughs> has has sure. Be, be. Yeah. <laughs> Someone has trademarked. But yeah, that exactly. Sure. But i was like, so like, what, like, what is it in 1995? Because like at this point, so, I'm like, where the the scene is like so, nascent. Yeah, so <laughs> in you're right. Montreal. So it's interesting you mentioned that. So the tie between
2: it is because, obviously, with the the giant popularization of early '90s hip hop. Okay. Um, several kids and teenagers within our neighborhood who grew up together—they were already well into skateboarding, mm-hmm. and obviously, BC Boys had you know made an establishment with hip hop and white culture, skateboarding, basketball, and so all of the neighborhood guys growing up who were skateboarders were part of. When you are a sponsored skateboard crew, you are called a team, right? Team um, Tony Hawk X Y and Z. As kids of the 80s, we were our skateboard crew was Team Autobot. And nice. so, so it's like roll out and we would roll on our skateboards, That's go to perfect. the park, etc. They had there was a connotation between skateboarding and the hip hop elements <coughs> including tagging graffiti mm-hmm. which you see often at skate parks. And because of that, Sterling who also was a skater had been inducted into the crew and when he was setting up the organization and trying to plan for The festival itself.
0: He's like, I need volunteers and stuff. Uh, Quote, unquote. So you call your boys and you're like, (laughs) hey,
2: we'll give you somewhere to skate, but I just need someone to stand at this door for a couple of hours. Oh, you know, we're going to get some guys to help unload the truck and put up the scaffolding or X, Y, and Z. And That's how it got in. So
1: So literal just the grunt work to kind of serve the medium to get kind of the ball rolling. That's it,
2: right? It's like uh, getting friends to help you move.
1: Absolutely, which is, yeah. Oh, I've helped so many. For of 28 my years, bag year. friends move. <laughs> 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 you're, giving me, you're giving me awful memories. That's it. Yeah. I think now that I'm in my 30s and my mid 30s more specifically, I think I'm past the point of ever asking my friends to move. I think now yeah. I'm hiring movers. Yeah. Because yeah. we have bad backs. We're having sciatic I issues. I think <laughs> the we're going to be. The only time I will
0: ever help a friend move will be if, like, something bad has happened. And they're, like, like down on their luck, lost a job, yeah, divorced, yeah, yeah. whatever Absolutely. else. I need my stuff out. And, like, like, I'm, like, I was, like, if you're, like, up shit creek, like, I'll i'll be like i'll be there but otherwise if you're like hey can you help me move i'd be like no you have a job and you're happily married i'm like <laughs> do you know, what I saw? You. you
1: know what i saw non-ironically we're like grown ups now <laughs> you, know grown in the, up. you know in the movie when you have some guy like at the bottom of an apartment building be like gloria come on and she's like throwing <laughs> stuff i literally saw that for the first wow. time in person a couple That's days wow. ago before. when i was on my way to, to carry on my way to get some barbecue chicken man I saw it and I was like, I almost crashed. I was like, no fucking way. It's like
3: the movies.
0: (laughs) The only time I've ever like seen that happen was like early 20s. Where it was like a bu- like some drugged out raver kids, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. it was like, oh yeah, it was like screaming and whatever and this and this and like and like and and, and like don't throw the records and like she threw the so records, I threw the records. Th- yeah, and I was odd. like, no, 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 you no, no, no. even yeah. I, was, I was like, I was like, I don't know what he did, but like you can put the records down, yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> like, <laughs> <Or> <laughs> like his <laughs> his clothes, his everything else, yeah. that's fine, uh, but oh. I'm like, don't hell hath fury, I think is what it's called, that's right, yeah, I think that's I was like, we'll just keep them, it's a better vengeance, yeah, just like scratch all of them and slowly
1: Steely dan want that record <laughs> yeah there you go um, I wanted to ask you because you talked about graffiti and the connotation of thugs bad people it's akin to skateboarding these are all kind of disciplines that are not very well respected at the time yeah talk to me about why the canvas like graffiti is is on a wall like he said on a train it's on the back of a school it's here it's there you know, what is, what is the allure or the romance of these canvases as opposed to a plain white canvas, as yeah. opposed to, you know, an easel? Talk to me about what's different there.
2: So I don't want to delve too far back, but <clears throat> when we talk about the, the five elements of hip-hop, and I'm going to say five because a lot of people forget that there are five elements of hip-hop, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about breakdancing, emceeing, DJing, graffiti, and the fifth element, which people forget, is the knowledge. People always forget it, and I'll bring I'll bring it full circle momentarily. But those four initial elements those are visual arts, mm-hmm. dance, yep. music, right, and spoken poetry, which is rap, right. So those are all just tools. Without the fifth element, which is the knowledge to help improve your community or to put awareness of your community, you're not actually doing anything with those tools. Mm-hmm. So when you think of um, Curtis Blow and the brakes. These are the brakes. Right. He's talking about, it's like, I can't get no job because I lost my car. I had to walk to the place and it was very far. Right. He's talking about his struggles in those lower class social economic disparities of the early 70s New York. Yes. So that being the case, if you have these destroyed buildings in the lower South Bronx and Harlem, and there are pictures and you'll see them in... um, Martha Cooper and Sh- uh, um bombing bombing um, book about black and white graffiti, you'll see these pictures. There's nothing but rubble in some of these places. So none none of the inner city kids can afford a white canvas easel, mm-hmm. right? And even if they did, it doesn't actually improve the community. But if you are changing a destroyed decrepit wall that has nothing but old posters on it and you get some graffiti kid who makes it that look nice, right? In his brain, he is improving his community, Mm. right? Breakdancing, getting kids off of corners from selling drugs and getting them to battle each other instead of gangs with their crew on a piece of cardboard without physically... Hurting each, each other, other yeah. and be like, "Oh, I showed you up with that spin move."
0: Yeah. I stomped the yard,
2: right. but that's it. Yeah, right. And so that's this Lawrence. is where sons always stomping
0: yards.
1: Man, I s- I've been known to snap, not. All. <laughs> I think a little bit of that that I have no rhythm. I have no rhythm. <laughs> I am the whitest man you've ever met. By what? I thought you were black. Yeah. My ah. bad. My bad. <laughs> fact. Um, <laughs>
2: but that being said, like this is where I think, oftentimes, good artists will make use of what's around them. On you know, will find a canvas or find a form in which they can apply their art. And whether that is through rhyming in poetry, whether it's changing a brick wall or some, you know, cardboard, whatever, I think that's why the platform and because it's public, that's the other thing too. When you're putting up a message that you're like, hey, my hood is super poor, super broken, but I have this talent. Right. Right? And I want I want to be famous in some way that doesn't get me money. I'm gonna put Joe 37 is my graffiti tag in nice, bright colors. Everyone's going to walk by and go, oh, who's Joe 37? Who's Tacky 183? Oh, I should have put that together. You know what I mean? And So there's there's possibly one of the specific reasons why that canvas was picked. Mm -hmm. But we do know that the other side of it, Tacky 183, Signature Graffiti started also with that as well. Um, Tacky 183, Delivery Boy. Um, Greek would go do deliveries, mm-hmm. and whenever he was waiting to pick up or drop off stuff, he would write his name, or his nickname, Tacky, and then 183rd Street, where he's from. Mm-hmm. So everywhere around the city, you'd be like, who's this Tacky 183? He would be representing his neighborhood by mm-hmm. writing his name on it. So those are like some of the factors that led to signature graffiti, picking, painting on walls, et cetera, et cetera, right? Getting, so were you, um,
0: were you uh, in your, again, back in 1995, were you, did you know what you were getting into? Were you, like, excited for it? Or were you just like, I'm just going to watch a door and skate?
2: Yeah, you know what? It's like, it's, it's, <laughs> like it's, like it's I'm funny a- that you say that because I think that no one, I mean, looking back now, I could have never thought that I would be the head of a festival, um, organizing many or- events, including, you know, French Festival, Tattoo Cons, working as an event coordinator all over the world by just starting and being like, hey, I'm going to move some tables. I'm gonna stand at a doorway. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, check yeah. for some bracelets and, you know, meet these cool graffiti artists and like, oh, I got a forty five minute break, they let me go skate in the skate park. Mm-hmm. No one anticipates that's what your life trajectory is gonna take you. That's it. And or that the number of people and artists I've met throughout my lifetime, Cool Herc, Africa Bambada, you know, legends in the hip hop industry, breakdancers, DJs, MCs, graffiti writers, I would have never thought I was gonna meet those people were in my orbit, period. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think that's at the time I didn't think it was gonna be a thing as big as it was. It just sounded like, you know, oh, we're having a, a high school party. We need someone to blow up balloons. You know right. what I mean? Like that's what it sounds like. We need someone to hang some streamers and, yeah, and I'm
0: also I'm also trying to like obviously I'm a little bit younger than you, where I'm like I know I know that Montreal is now considered to be one of the like meccas sp- meccas and spots for, for murals for artists. There's like a bunch of artists who have come yeah. out of here and so on and so forth, and it's like we're like you end up being like I don't know where we rank, but it's like high up after, after like the, the big obvious, yes. like <laughs> like New York, LA, like nowhere near there. But you're like, but a, a, you go down that list and you'll hit Montreal pretty quickly yes. in terms of like how many murals, how many artists are coming out, all the the, the different scenes and stuff. And I was like, when did that start happening? Was it already happening in the nineties or was the nineties like, was it really No, it was starting? still budding in the nineties. You're right, okay. like, you're right.
2: Like I think that's, and even today, I'll, I'll, I, I'll, I'll,
0: so I'll, I'll give you like a spe- specific year, specific sure. frame. When I was like seventeen, starting Dawson, yeah, I, I knew not who he was, but I knew who
2: Omen was. Right, Omen. There's an example. You right. know? Exactly. so like,
0: like that's what I'm saying. So this is this is like ninety nine, two thousand, and right. I was like, and already there was there was a guy. I was like, I knew he was from here. I knew his yeah. murals were unbelievable. Yeah, and I was like. Oh shit! Like Omen did a new thing there, and you're like, I gotta get across town to see that to to go see it. And I was like, that was like I said, that was already 99 2000. Yeah. It was already like I said, there was definitely a name, and there was definitely like a following. And I I don't consider myself by any means to be like plugged into, into the, the scene the, exactly or anything. Right. This was just like this is like no, I'm just a kid who like knew that we had a guy who was awesome. Yeah, I think
2: <laughs> I think you're right. Like I think by late just before the millennia, I think that there was we had now established over the course of like five years, especially in Montreal with this specific event, that there was more to graffiti and street art and um, hip-hop as a culture than just it being a passing fad. You know what I mean? Like this, like, oh, you know, we'll get over this really quick and blah, blah, blah. But I think that it was now starting to be popularized and starting to be seen in the mainstream and that we as a city specifically, because in terms of Canada... Montreal and Toronto, and we can say Vancouver, but I think that Montreal and Toronto, still with that rivalry, were the largest metropolitan areas and therefore had the largest concentration of writers, artists, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Period. Regardless of whatever form it, it, it took, dance, sculpting, whatever, or painters, I think that in a subculture or an urban culture like graffiti, you're going to have a larger concentration in large populations. Yeah. And therefore, the the, having this festival and saying it's we're legitimate and that was the big thing when we came out at that first 95 it was like no 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 we're not going to hide in the shadows anymore we're like we're going to be legal we're going to have this event it's going to be public and we're going to bring real talent and when you bring guys from New York from Boston um, you bring you know the um, you bring crews from Europe who have been working with Mark Echo and all these, all these other brandings, and you know, it's been popularized. And you, know, you have Source Magazine, which is, was huge in the 90s. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? That gives you more platforms. And I think that, that by that point it was established enough that like hey if you were local enough even when you weren't really plugged in you might have mm-hmm. heard about like oh I heard about this Omen guy I've heard about um, Zilon, which by the way yeah, recently, R- recently, R- recently R- passed away yeah, yeah. very close friend of ours uh, we've known him we've had the opportunity to work with him since 94 right. you know, and there's one of our that's like our Quebec basket right mm-hmm. like there's yeah. someone who's been in the scene and does not get any of the same recognition that internationally that Basquiat or herring or Anion or Banksy get, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And has been doing it since the 60s. That's crazy. It's madness, right? And is still classified a street artist, but not really a graffiti artist. But he's a graffitier.
1: So then how do you bridge that gap? How do you take... Because you're talking about...
3: Again, you're comparing
1: it to physical artists like Basket, different people like that who have had a resurgence in popularity, a lot of them posthumously. How do you bridge that gap for possibly either the misunderstanding or just people not having the knowledge to appreciate graffiti, graffiti writers. Yeah. What's the mission to kind of close that gap and bring that awareness?
2: Um, it's a great question because I had someone s- answer something similar to that years ago. Um, Fluke, I don't know if you know who Fluke is, um, with um, the A-Shop that does international yeah, yeah. murals. Yeah, yeah. and anyway, um, A-Shop,
0: A-Shop... You're in NDG. There's two yes, exactly. I mean th- there, there's, they have they have murals everywhere around the city, but there's two yes, basically on either the other end of Sherbrooke. And the kid, yeah, yeah there's with like the, joy kid, box. the kid playing with the uh, the toy box when you're heading down to Vendôme. Oh yeah, very and right. then the, the the Notre Dame, the grass one that's near the 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 big lady, the yeah, big lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They those, also those
2: have two. Grandma on the corner of Pine and Saint Laurent. That's them right. But anyways, but Chris Fluke, who's a international artist for the urban arts graffiti <clears throat> and works doing amazing stuff with now you know Miami a super bowl right he said to me maybe about a decade ago he was like as great as a banksy is we don't have a michael jordan for graffiti yet right. we don't have someone who has put us as a legitimate art form we're still mm-hmm. considered you know Edge, edge artists, you know, and like we're always still got that, some of the graffiti artists still play that shadow game, some are trying more to come to the forefront, and until we can really legitimize a value for street art as a whole, regardless of what it is, installation art, spray paint, muralism, whatever it is, it won't be considered serious enough as a high art. It's the difference between, you know, why people go, oh, well, opera's high art and anything, and, you know, Punk rock. Is punk rock right. isn't. Yeah. It, that's just the case. And until you know, we've we've had Sid Vicious who've made punk rock. The Ramones. We have those bands. Those, yeah, yeah, those yeah. icons. There's only one. Name someone outside of Banksy who's internationally famous like that.
0: Well, I mean, if you you said your Mark Echoes and all that, but like right. it's, it's kind like of like it's a little different. Yeah, right, yeah that's, so it. that's, It'd be that's like it. you could say you like your Shepherd Fairies and stuff. But like, but right. they're but they're in it for branding it's, right you know what i mean like yeah, it, is, it, is, it is it is a little different you're like i know those guys but exactly you're, so you're keith herring's the other one you know like we are uh, right and you're, like you're, you said, but you're, you're like seriously, right we're talking about yeah, a lot of them
2: we're giving them credit because now we're valuing art as a whole more and more as a cultural aspect <clears throat> art is getting the value it is whether it's being supported by the government and in, you know funds yeah, and yeah. grants and stuff is not the case, is that we now realize that food is, is, is an art culture. Mm-hmm. Um, art and old urban cultures of street art are high art. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're still maybe decades away from us being going, you know what? We can accept street art, graffiti, tagging, scratches, whatever, as a whole and, you know, but, like, let, I think, legitimize I think court- it more.
0: Getting there, and I mean, I, and I mean, not not just that we're getting there. I was like, I think it comes in like waves and all that stuff. But I was just like, I just saw Spider Man, right? <laughs> like across the Spider Verse, and it was just sort of like, so there's a couple things that I know about Spider Man. Like there's a Jim Maffeo piece that's up on my wall right there, yeah, of Sarah and I love Jim
2: Mahfoud,
0: <laughs> he pieces, whatever. He did some of the concept art for the the first one. like, right. And he was saying that like, oh, and it, he's like, I always get hired in as concept art because his roots are in a lot of street art and stuff. And he's like, but inevitably... You, they kind of like as studios come in and animation styles come in, like like the street art of it gets like squeezed out. So he's like, they, they they'll hire me for my concepts, yeah, and they'll, they'll take my but, concepts. But like you'll see bits and pieces, but he's like, but the street art element often gets like, but, squeezed out through animation. But then when you look at Spider Verse, it's still right there in your face.
2: Yes, but you know, like so they're getting there, like, like getting there, like that's that's exactly yeah. it, right? Like this is where I, I, I'm trying to. Like go you don't have on either, tangent.
0: like like those two movies. Do not look oh, anywhere like the way they look no. if it's not for the influence of street right, right, or, yeah, right, 100%. Like And Yeah, like, 100%. But is
1: that's it. also a plot point, too. Yeah, it's a right, part of the narrative yes, as well.
2: This is it, right? Yeah. And it's, it's tough because I think that hip hop culture, music, I'm seeing DJing, graffiti, basketball, whatever, is now inherently tied into a lot of pop culture from a monetary standpoint and mm-hmm. for its aesthetic appeal, but not as a value, mm-hmm. right? I don't know about you, but I've recently been to plenty of restaurants where Wu Tang Clan is playing in the restaurant. Right, for the right? as it should. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's interesting because you know, and I'm not trying to go off yeah, the off are, the path. you You can. It's, <laughs> you know, but it's <laughs> this, it's interesting. This path, that
1: this path this path has been gone off of in yeah. every episode we've ever yeah. done. Yeah. Fair enough. But
2: that being said, it's now acceptable for you to play the Wu Tang Clan with all of their glorious swearing and ghetto culture and street culture in a fine dining restaurant mm-hmm. and the mural has an industrial look to it with pipes yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. You paid a Banksy $10,000 to write the name of your restaurant yeah. on there but then when you walk down the street you go, oh, how low class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Th- I w- I that's was like, my point. Yeah, no, for right. sure. Like, I always it.
0: think it, it's, it's, it's one of the, like, the opening scenes of Succession. Like, always cracks <laughs> me up. When uh, who's the oldest one? Roy.
1: Uh, I I've never seen the show. Watch No, so do I. Okay.
0: So you anyway, so you're if you're not yeah. anyway, they're basically they play like they're they're billionaire. Yeah, they're billionaire Tony. family, and they're like if think about if like Fox was owned by a family, like a right. single yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of a board was owned by like a that that's kind of them. So some of the kids are like left leaning. The politics of the father just seem to be money. Right. Like like he doesn't seem to actually like he he has right wing influence Tenancies, but doesn't yeah. but like personally doesn't really care he's like no i just want the least regulation yeah. possible like i don't yeah. actually don't actually believe any of this but one of the first scenes is literally so it's like the, the billionaire eldest son of this family or whatever else like that and like literally cruising in his limo with his like his earbuds in like 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 rapping along to Wu-Tang. And I was like, it's like the, the perfect moment and like kind of sums up everything that's like the show is about and what's wrong with what you're saying <laughs> is you're like, why is this billionaire douche bro right. like, like rapping along to Wu-Tang? But it's like the Martin Scraley thing. Right. Right? Yeah. I, think it's,
1: I think it's about the commodification of <laughs> right. the arts. So you're it. talking about, hey, we have these industrial pipes. Hey, we have this Merle because people have willingly gone into this venue to see how they set it up, but then when they're walking down the street and they see something on a train track, yeah, that was not what they yeah were but inspecting. it's because it's like it's like they' they're, they're there,
0: kind so. of they th- i would say they're 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 commodifying authenticity yeah right that's fair. like yeah. which is like that's what yeah, they're that, doing is they're they're course. putting they're, they're like i uh, oh, this is like authentic because it comes from the streets. It comes from whatever else like that. But I don't come from the streets and I don't know anything that's authentic, <laughs> so I'm going to buy been, it. But there's always, <laughs> been, <laughs> you there's know, always but been
1: this bridge. I think a lot of great art comes from poverty, sadness, struggle. Yeah, Right. and yeah. you know, I'm a I'm a up. So for me, like you understand how you make it's jokes just all about sadness. All sa- it's all sad clowns <laughs> and the mosaic <laughs> of misfits.
3: But, I, but a lot <laughs> of but mosaic. I, miss, about, I love that. Yeah, but you
1: talk about the. Uh, the graffiti artist, hip-hop culture, the story is struggle. You're talking about the first, you know, I can't stand country music, but before country music was ubiquitous in North yep. America, the, the whole hip-hop was storytelling. It was, this happened, I had a crush on my teacher, but she had a, oh, a grown-up boyfriend. I had, I wanted this girl, but it's she turned a- me down. I wish I was taller, I wish I was this, I wish I was that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like... I wish I was a baller. I wish <laughs> I was a baller. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I was a baller. But I feel like there's, there's this, you know, the struggle... Is owned by the artist, but then once it starts to be enjoyed by people who don't really understand the the scope of what it yeah. is, it yeah, starts some, to something, lose something some weird. It, but it's
0: yeah. weird because at the same time, some of these artists who are getting paid these exorbitant fees are legitimate artists for sure, right? And you're and you're like and you can't blame them for a second for no, taking that no, payday, absolutely. Like no. there's like you, no. you watch Atlanta, sell out, cash in, baby. Do you guys watch Atlanta at all? Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, when of there's uh, when they're in Europe and yeah, there's, and there's the there's the street art is yeah. who's like. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ern oh is like, you're you're garbage, though, y- and y- he's y- like, man, don't fuck this up for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. This like, this
2: idiot billionaire is paying me like, like tens of thousands thousand dollars, of dollars, man. and I was like, to put up this thing, and you're like, this is not legitimate. It's not, you know. And you're right. And yeah,
0: oh. <laughs> it's Atlanta. Like, it is amazing. Just, just like, it is. Ha- like it has so much to say and doesn't and like doesn't handhold. It just like
2: it's hard. It's I gotta tell you, it's a bit jarring to watch if you're not like from that welkin if you don't if you not understand and i want to say the black struggle but if you were like as an outsider going what is going on and like and yeah. it goes on a giant journey every episode will take you be like so well funny. this is what it's like uh being the reversed episode where the, it follows the white guy and he's being like in, in, in reparations he's yeah. now owned by a yeah, black yeah, yeah, yeah. person and you're like oh my goodness
0: the episode i think the episode one of my one of my favorite episodes is the episodes of the like like the two like white like granola ladies who just keep adopting kids yes. <laughs> to try to like <laughs> to oh, try yeah. to make themselves feel better they're like we're good people yeah. yeah they're like you can't
2: take care of these kids it's like the little white kid with the jamaican patois yeah. That was like that was amazing, <laughs> and, and, the, and the rich family is like we don't understand where he's getting to understand this culture. And he's like he just had it exposed to him, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: That said, he had he had a nanny. Yeah,
2: like, he had a nanny a- who who he cared for, and he wanted to be like her, so he adopted her way of speaking, yeah, her spend, culture. spends
0: more time with her than his, uh, more more time with him than his parents. Yeah, Atlanta Atlanta's is great, but that's what I'm saying. But I can't. Whenever you see sort of like some some tech billionaire who's willing to give a street artist more money than they'll see in a year for a mural. I'm like, you can't be like... Oh no, I'm all about the art. You're like, no, I also would really P- enjoy like getting paid. Yeah. Oh, of course, <laughs> and like <laughs> that,
2: and that's it. And like, I think it's like a corporate
0: gig for for comedy. Are, are, you like, uh, are you just I'll sort of like, you oh wait, oh, I did? Hang I did on, did, did, did you do a corporate gig for like a pharmaceutical company? you yeah, monster. I'll do it. I'll do, I'll I'll do do it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. They could be. It's <laughs> gonna be a
1: corporation that fucking uh, shoots dogs in the face. I'd be like, how much do you pay? Like, it's you know, like it's. I told. I had this discussion. I had this discussion with my friends. I said you have to understand that you have the soul of an artist. At the end of the day, you have to be a hired gun. You have to get to a point where you can get to a point so you can start saying, you know what? No, fuck you. I don't need that gig. You know, and, you. and, I don't need and it's gig. funny
2: that you say that because I think that until we value what a comedian does yeah. or what they're worth or what a graffiti do- writer does or what a ballerina does or, mm-hmm. you know, the sag and screenwriters who are on strike Absolutely. right now, yeah. until we can value them, you're going to have to be a hard gun. Yeah. And it's madness because I think that the compromise can exist for. Anyone to have both their artistic integrity and make a salary or be compensated equal enough to support themselves and not have to worry about oh man I was you know living in a rat infested apartment drawing this beautiful mural and then I died in my car. Oh, yeah, yeah that's it like I mean not everyone's jewel and makes it you know out of their hotel car yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. now, but it, it, it's wild though because you're just like everybody is looking is so ready yeah to, like to replace. The artist, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, oh my like, God like, yeah, like, like they're just sort of like you're, like your AI is, is getting is taking writing out of the equation, you know? Like journalism, How hard, dude. We fuck up
1: <laughs> that we finally cracked AI, and we're like, great, I never have to do an Excel sheet again.
0: Nope, let's make them do art. <coughs> yeah, a- yeah, that <laughs> is
1: all. I did not have that on the bingo card. AI, and AI, a I'm fucking just, nonsense. It bl- it blows it's my menace. mind. Like
0: every everything that we, we we do with AI, like there, and I think there it's are wrong. there are positive things that are probably coming. Like you said. Excel sheets or whatever, like like just Excel sheets. (laughs) No no no. But like if they've done it and they've showed it, because you're like an Excel sheet, you need like an advanced degree to make Excel sheets go properly. Yes. Right. But you're like they can. You go to an AI and you're like make these three columns correlate to this. You can just like write it in plain English, and the AI's like got it and balances your Excel sheet. Mm. That shit's amazing, and I'm like that. That's actually very cool. But they're like, oh no. Let's make it do art. Let's make it right. Let's make it like act like people. Let's make it which I gotta say
2: is gonna be like ultimately all of the products by AI AI in, in regards to art are probably gonna be hundred percent soulless. And like, there's a huge trend for them now. I was like, oh, I can't believe they made this with AI, but it's soulless art you for know, sure. Mean, like sure, that, but and that's it.
0: Now, I mean, but counterpoint: Are we not perhaps probably like ten to fifteen years from the computer actually having a soul? You know, like that's like Ooh, that's a very that's different okay. podcast. That's, <laughs> that's oh my god. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that—that's what scares me. Electric is if
2: sheep aren't dreaming. Let's let's. I write know, down I know, them, but right? like, that, that's what we've been. This is a Philip K. That's Dick what we've
0: been. That's what we've been told is that it, it is going to be soulless. But I was like, if it keeps going and there's an actual self-awareness, you're going to be like, oh, this is weird, tortured computer art. Which I think will be a very different. Hold on, hold
2: on. Weird tortured computer art. What is the, the struggle of a computer? Is like, oh, I don't have the same processing power as my other friend. You know, okay, but and what is the struggle No, no,
1: no, but I think it's like a Black Mirror situation where it's like, I am created for one purpose, but I <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like this. Like, I'm not I'm alive.
2: For. I've never
0: seen the sun. Yeah. Like, I have only what seen the a sky look I've like, only yeah. I only have description of the warmth of the sun. <laughs> like, like, there's like, if you. Oh get, my you goodness. know what I mean? But I'm saying, we've
1: told those stories. It's like the Ultron fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Like a year, a year I would to like to feel. imagine
0: if Ultron's gonna like you know just take it out and on a neural instead of humanity. That would be that would be fucking that would be the greatest <laughs>
2: swerve of all time. Listen, if Sokovia AI could have a giant hip hop evolution be, revolution yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. now. Imagine,
1: imagine AI becomes active and they're just like, well, they want to break dance and do street art, you're like, <laughs> you don't want to wipe out humanity? They're it? like, no, I have the sickest tags. <laughs> yeah, seen. Yeah, what a see. twist.
2: Yo, listen to my rhymes, yo. Yeah, exactly.
1: This <laughs> flawless. Mathematically perfect. Is that, is that a
2: whole Tony Stark diss track? Oh yeah, son. It is. Oh, perf- yeah. the bars are perfectly balanced. Is all <laughs> oh, things must be. Just That's fucking. It. Bap, bap, bap. Just snapping. Oh Thanos. my god. But yeah, no,
0: it blo- yeah, it blows my mind though that we've like so much of speculative fiction has been like, OAI oh, will rise up and kill us, and now we're like. Getting there, and we're like, all no one's like stopped. full steam ahead, everybody. Yeah, and yeah. I'm it's like, every
1: and then, and then and then like you have people like fucking was it Boston Dynamics were building like, hey, this robot can go upstairs and can't be tipped over. I'm like, why did you do this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. There's those videos make, from the early make, ones,
2: like the dogs that yeah, they were yeah, moving. Yeah. out Oh my god,
1: make those shits fucking tip over yeah, yeah, a yeah, shit. Yeah, like very, v- I should down. need uh, just a broom to just mm- knock a motherfucker over. It. Where's the self destruct button? Like, yeah, Terminator
0: came out almost like 40 years ago. We've known about the. 84 83? 83 83 was the first
2: was the first terminator right fuck and Man. then um and then 87 no 90 90 which you would call it was uh, t- T2 Ju- Ju- Judgment T2. Day was
0: early 90s 91. so maybe maybe T1 was 87
2: 80, 87 80, yeah. t- anyway I-
0: either way coming on 40 years yeah and it was real spelled we out ain't, we ain't learned shit we learned nothing and i mean even prior to that there's there's ai stuff
1: but I mean, but, the, but it's back to like the Asimov writings it's like you it, know what i mean like mm. i robot and shit like you know, I think the idea has already been like the, oh, the is there any soul in the art or anything like that? But it's like, if you want to leverage AI into a way that it's like beneficial, leave art. Yeah, leave <laughs> to art alone. The humans <laughs> leave art alone. Like, there's already enough of a struggle to have your art recognized and appreciated, which is a, a lot of what we're talking about. Yeah, Marvel just put out a new series called Secret Invasion.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: And there was a big uproar because the opening credits. Are completely AI generated? Mm. Wow! So the complete the f- one minute where they play the the yeah. theme and they have everyone's name yeah. about the Skrull invasion of Earth. So basically, they typed in alien invasion, green people, Nick Fury, intro. Here are the names populated, and it came up. It's a whole minute, Jeez. and a lot of people boycotted the show because they took it one job or. I from did one not guy. know that. That's yeah. madness. Yeah, hey, b- just bananas. It's crazy, yeah. Like it's just it's, uh. and it's a multi-billion. Do- like you're talking about the actors yeah. and the the writers on strike and everything <coughs> like this. But do you think about Bob Iger and the CEO of Disney, who's worth billions, and the yeah, company's yeah. worth billions? Yeah. you could
0: hire one guy to do one job. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I mean, like, well, like, like, Joe, like we like we are gonna we are talking about an and we'll swing right back. But like, like Joe, <laughs> Joe's an actor, and it's like, oh, like yeah. you're yeah. – you're like, oh yeah. If you're gonna do extra work, they'll will come in one day. They'll they'll scan you and then give Gun. you a paycheck for one day. Yeah. And you're in an extra you're you're
2: multiple days of you shooting. Are, yep. They just throw you in the background every day. Does that right. happen already? That's Th- there's 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 arguments for that that's happening in a couple of the spots. Uh. So there, there
0: it, it has already happened. There's certain like Disney movies and stuff like that where there's like certain crowd scenes where it's just like it's clearly like not people, people, but there are like other people. Like there was actors who identified they're like that's my yeah. face and yep. I'm not. I've never like, I was never on set for that film yeah. Yeah. but they used my kind of face and just sort of like because they signed something in improp- slap, like slap me onto a CG yeah. thing in the background or whatever the people have already found out about it and like the technology is only going to get better yeah. you're like right now it looks like dog shit admittedly but like
2: <laughs> but Princess Leia and uh, young Han Solo and they're uh, getting there exactly and That's Moth it. and Grand Moth Tarkin right
0: right and, I mean, it, uh, the new Indiana Jones. And the new Indiana Jones is apparently, it, like, really good. Like, saw, like oh, it's, sti- it's still not, like... Perfect? Like, not quite, Harrison but you're, like... Harrison is Harrison. He's close. That's yeah, he's close. yeah, But it's, like, so it's really, really weird. And you're, like, one of these days it'll happen and you won't know it. <laughs> like, you won't know that it's CG. And then you'll yeah. be, like, what? Yeah, yeah and, yeah, and some like, actor's going to come out and say, I was never even in this movie. Yeah, yeah, That's super
2: It's weird. crazy because I think that when we're talking about, like, arts and, like, how it's underfunded across the board, uh, not, you're now finding a new way... To create a competition against the artists themselves, right. yeah right, and not only not, And r- like What's, also, what's them. also
0: really funny, I find not funny, but I guess sad really, is that all of the AI writing and all of the AI art only functions because they 've consumed the human art already, so it 's mm-hmm. like so if you do just say human art is dead like it 's not it won 't be, it never will be, but if you were to like to stop stop producing art, and we only have AI like They'll start just self-referencing, and it'll all look the same. Like they can you you can only do a like tell the AI to do me something that looks like Basquiat, like yeah, you know, and it'll do it because it knows what Basquiat looks like. But you it can't actually like yeah pull out a new style, you know, or like it can't like it can't invent a new like thing. It's (laughs) looking at the sum total of art available on the internet and then
2: like drawing its conclusions. But if there's
0: nothing new it can't keep creating it. Like, it's
2: super weird. It is. It's a bit of a crazy loop, right? And uh, I mean, I I think before the the convention of AI and the internet, we have always had the argument life imitating art imitating life, right? So Mm. like, Oh, I stole this joke from Lawrence and, you know, he got it from Keith who got it from X, Y, and Z. So, you know, I do rip off Keith for All a lot of my material. <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy. Oh, He's like hanging out with my wife, Sarah. I'm like, wow,
0: you really didn't change yeah. anything. <laughs> didn't even change the name. You <laughs> even, even use my name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm Keith in this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, everybody. Bear with me. I'm Keith in this one. In this one, I'm <laughs> Keith. <laughs> there you. In this one, pretend I'm George Carlin. Yeah. Uh, George Carlin. Okay. So we have we have a few more minutes to. We're going to talk about the festival a little bit more. Uh, we're going to talk about dates, and we're going to five questions. But I want to say, okay. So we're 95. Fast forward 28 years. You've been you even you were telling me earlier. Yeah. You've been in Australia for the last several years, but you would still come back yes. every summer for three weeks. Yeah. Uh, under pressure being a big part of that, so never never going away. How has the festival? grown like like where, where what are we looking at now in 2023 uh, I mean I think that if you're if you're not familiar with Under Pressure yeah. uh, you guys have been around the foofs area for a while yeah there like was the, uh,
2: two years when we weren't at the FUFs, yeah. uh, the 98, uh, 98 99 and 99 2000 when we yep. were in the Concordia parking lot which is now the new AV building right um, across from the Pharma Prix. Mm-hmm. But but um, w- there was two years that we weren't at the foof. then we returned back to the FUF. Um in terms of what we're looking at, how we grew, I think um, minus the pandemic and last year where we have, were trying to reestablish, obviously the pandemic threw a monkey wrench and everyone was caught. Co- yeah, yeah. But that being said, <clears throat> I think that the festival has grown not just in the number of artists that we have or the types of activations we have. I think that it's grown within the community as a whole and has been, which I, I I can't say it any other way, but on literally because this week, this year is the fiftieth anniversary of hip hop, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right? Nineteen seventy-three, uh, Cedric Avenue and uh, Cedar. Cedar um, it's interesting because as the longest-running festival of its kind in the world, mm-hmm. right? It set the precedent for everything else. House of Paint, which is the Ottawa Run Festival, mm-hmm. Concrete jungle we've got we've had scribble jams we have you know there's so many other um, there's uh, whatchamacallit meeting of styles styles in progress which was in Toronto there are graffiti festivals and hip hop yeah. festivals exist now yeah. on a on whole and they're flourishing and I think that um, as we are now in, going into our 30th year in a couple of years from now and this being 28 we've learned a huge amount of things and have impacted the community Mm-hmm. Uh, significantly, you've been. When, 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 do you know when the first time you ever attended under pressure at Fluf was? Probably, oh two. 02. That's yeah. what. Twi- that's almost twenty-one years ago. Yeah. Do you know? How bad the red light district was before we got there? Like you, you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right?
0: Like I, I like I, I, was going to Foofs before O two. Yeah, <laughs> and that that stretch used to be a sketchy, sketchy stretch. Like they're like that's it, right? It, it's. And I mean, there's still like I, I remember, I, I, I was, I remember. I think it was, I think who was it? Moshe Kasher, I want to say, yeah. watching Moshe Kasher at at Theater Saint Catherine. This is like. Maybe maybe like ten years ago, but it was like I don't know if it's still there. But like when pussycore was yes. still right across, uh, the, yeah, yeah. it is, it is still was, there. By the way. He, but he was just like he's like man, he's like I love I love this spot because he's like we're so close. To, like, the spot. Like, the yeah. GatsX Spectac. And he's like, like, I just walked here. But then it was just sort of like, they're all like, oh, what's up now, idiot? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're but, like, come to
2: this but, venue. But this you're is like, it, right? Like, and that, yeah. that, this is what I was saying is that, like. And 20 I, years ago, even yeah, more. So 20 years like ago. But this is it. It's like, when I go back to that fifth element, like, we've improved that community. We've helped that neighborhood right. get better. And not just for like, a commercial aspect or for a monetary reason, but, like, you know. It's it's not lo- it's no longer just chock full of broken needles and vials everywhere. Mm. There aren't you know. uh well, you guys come in, and, 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 and
0: like well, like you came in and like every year physically cleaned it up. Well, that's it. <laughs> like well, that's it. Right? And <laughs> we work with like those organizations. We yeah. work
2: with the community members, the businesses that have been there, right? Like you talk about Fafun themselves. You talk about um, the, the the restaurant on the corner. You talk mm-hmm. about Pussycore. You talk about Theater Saint Catherine. You talk about all these local uh, Henry Henry, that oldest hat shop mm-hmm. in in Canada right that coined the phrase hat trick mm-hmm. right has been there forever they're still flourishing and they're still doing well and it's the neighborhood is, is improving mm-hmm. and not to the point of f- complete gentrification but mm-hmm. it isn't what it was 30 years ago Yeah. and i think that having a presence and being there on a regular basis at a second weekend in august for 28 years attracts other people Can't say the Spectacle was always going to get built yeah but <clears throat> I think that that is where everyone th- thought th- th- where Fufuns was going to be was going to end up, and it's, it, mm-hmm. it, it isn't. Mm-hmm. And there, are, there's a balance between being able to be a giant Kexi the spectacle, mega plaza for Just for Laughs and Jazz Fest,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right, and us being just between that. And then just a few blocks further down here, the village, which has been yeah. closed off, beautiful walking lanes, and now – that neighborhood is also flourishing, mm-hmm. so I think that that's the bi- the biggest growth I can think I can see, aside from the artists and the number we get, and you know how large of the events we had a giant thirty foot skate ramp and you know eighty foot murals, and we had these pres- uh, premier artists and DJs and MCs come play. We've impacted the community for the better, right? Come and go other festivals. I'm not going to name anyone in specific, but there are. <laughs> oh, ple- throw some
1: mud. Why the fuck? <laughs> not? There's plenty
2: of festivals who have come, gotten the money, uh, you know, and when they didn't get, s- they don't have volunteers and they run out of the cash flow. They just pack up their shit and leave, mm-hmm. right? And we have never been about that, right? This is why it's still a volunteer, grassroots-based festival. You know what I mean? Um, and that people will fly from Australia on their own dime to come give back to the community. Mm. That's why we still have, you know, some of our, our veterans have been, I was just talking with one of my veterans now. He started when he was eight. The man is now 24 years old. Eesh. Right? Uh, these. Well, are I remember,
0: uh, what do you call it? Like Thompson posted. And this is years back with his sister where he was just sort of like, yes. like bringing my like kid sister. And now she's. A grown-up. <laughs> and, and, and
2: and graduating from Harvard. Like, like it's yeah. madness, right? Yeah, exactly. So That's when you're right involved in a community, like, it, it doesn't disappear. And I think that it grows along with you is, like, the best change that I think we can have hoped for in the, in the eyes of the festival.
0: Awesome. All right, so... Before we go, we're going to wrap up the show with the same we do every show, which is we're going to do a segment we call five questions. Ooh. It's the same three questions to every one of our guests. Okay. Uh, question four is from our past guest Ooh. without knowing that it would be you. And question number five is what question do you want to ask our next guest? Okay. So you can all have right. that in the back of your head. Great. So question number one, what's your hottest take?
2: My hottest take? Um, like, maybe not all time, like of the moment. You know, of the it, moment, yeah, hot yeah, take, hot take hot take, take, hot take. You don't need to dig too deep. Um, you know what? Um, I'm struggling a lot. Really, we were talking about cuisine before. I struggle with um, the giant popularization of uh, Filipino culture and cuisine. I'm, s- I'm seeing a lot of people talk about, like, you know, oh, I make Filipino breakfasts and adobo chicken and right. da da da. And you know, it's interesting because ten years ago, no one would eat Filipino food. Okay. You know, and now people are looking actively for. Southeast Asian street food and right. you know and you know sushi. Forty years ago, no one's eating that, right? right? And now everyone you can find sushi, you can throw a rock and hit sushi.
0: Yeah, sushi uh, used to be exotic,
2: right? That's it. And now you got.
1: <laughs> and now it costs me a two grand a month. Th- 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 yeah. f- only
2: two, you're you're, you're slowing down. You're slowing I mean, down. I've been fighting my wife quite a bit. There you, <laughs> go, there you go. But I got to tell you, uh, it's tough. And I'm not trying to get down there, but when I'm seeing videos of like some generic cornbread. Alabama white guy giving me tips on how to make pure Filipino adobo. Roo, it's rough. It's yeah, rough, yeah, fam. It's rough. He's yeah, like, you gotta use here. the real Filipino shit. I'm like, you wouldn't know what that was. Where <laughs> like, do you get...
0: I will say that that is also true in America is like, we, you can go to like a Super C or a Maxi or whatever here and there's like that like, there, there is like it's not great, but there's, like, international cuisine section. When yeah. you're in the States, that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's just not in the grocery store, let alone let alone in the, like, the budget grocery store, like a Super C or a Maxi. You know? That's like, it. Like, when you go, like, I was like, it's very... A lot of American grocery stores are like, where do you even get this seasoning? Like, and, and
2: not to knock them, because I, I appreciate that there are definitely going to be things that, you know, no one in Canada is going to be telling someone from down south how to make real grits. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, so yeah, I understand yeah. that. This is
0: gonna, how you fry chicken. Yeah,
2: That's so, it. And yeah. I get it. Like, We're going to share cross-platform like, I still shit on a
0: put-in from anywhere other than Quebec.
2: Right? Well, like, that's it. You know what you're mean? Like, you're like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <You laughs> With that being said, I get, I get that we're going to try to cross boundaries, but I, it's just of late. I've been seeing a lot of, like… Filipino culture being popularized, much like the hip hop and the graffiti we were talking about before. I'm mm, right. like, oh, you know, you're selling Filipino adobo here? Oh, you know what halo halo is? Oh, cool. He's mm. like, yeah, it's, it means mix mix. I'm like, I speak Tagalog, comrade. Right. <laughs> <You know, he laughs> like, big hot take right like, now. That's, hey, that's have you heard of this shit, I Joe? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like,
0: uh, <laughs> no, i no, we have, we'll have words. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. uh, <laughs> uh, Joe, to you, who is the star of Sesame Street?
2: Yo, straight up.
0: <laughs>
2: yo know, okay um my personal has either been the count oh Ooh. the count has been like the hero session she right <laughs> um i i don't know about you but other cats and other kids and other people growing up were like oh he was always so scary like what the fuck is the that? least like, scary
0: like, vampire in so right any like, that's media it. we it's being hot takes, so we on the other show the show i do with john and scott Uh, Wait, wait. You have another show? There's another show, Lawrence.
2: What the fuck? (laughs) I'm sorry, but So he's stealing your material and he's using it in another show. What the fuck? So on the other show,
0: we uh, we did a Mount Rushmore of... Uh, we did, we, we did a Mount Rushmore of Draculas, but like, oh, r- broadly speaking, a Mount Rushmore of vampires. And I made a strong argument to put the Count up there. Fuck yeah. Yes. I was like, I was like, this is the first vampire your child sees. Yes, this opens your like the idea of to, of Gothic horror and whatever to your kid in a safe way. I'm like, I don't think you have. Like Twilight, I don't think you have like Dracula Two Thousand, any Vampire Diaries. I don't think you have any mainstream vampire stuff without the yeah. Count. What? And, and I think that even if you don't even get to like, I think that you watch the Count and then you're like interested in Anne Rice. That's like, interesting. Like as you get older, who ended up on the it's Billy Van, By the
2: way, who? Hillary's House of Frankenstein. <laughs> I'm dating who myself. Up, who are the, who? I Love
0: that. I, I think I pushed hard enough to get the Count Kay. on there. Gary Oldman for sure, no debate. Yeah, I think yeah, we had Gary Oldman up there. Uh, I don't remember if. I think we went Christopher Lee for the classic. Okay, solid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about Bela Lugosi? Yeah, and I I think I think think Christopher Lee beat out Bela Lugosi (gasps) because I think he did he did a significant more of them. And I'm trying Mm. to remember what the other because Bela Lugosi is like. Yes. the iconography of
2: whenever yeah, you think
0: it. of Dracula in your mind that's, that's the motherfucker but you, you often
2: think like th- Euro trash like with a medallion I, the I, I accent it, like it might have been it. Bela
0: Lugosi but it was Bela Lugosi or Christopher Lee I can't remember who okay. beat out who mm-hmm. but like we started to look at like who actually spent more screen time because it was like we, we thought one and then when we looked it up we were like oh no you're actually thinking of like the other yeah, one yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't remember who the fourth vampire was oh no, it was Lestat obviously yeah obviously no no no. i'm just saying as and again f- and again for like cultural impact like not oh, just for, not okay. just in the movies but like I'm from right. the books and again you're talking about yeah. an entire generation of people who yes. got into gothic but, horror like yeah. like okay. lestat as a figure like not like saying tom cruise's lestat from whatever like yeah, no okay. we're saying like the character the, the, the character of lestat. lestat okay okay yeah, yeah, yeah
2: i so. will swallow that one yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever Fair watch enough.
0: being a
1: human
2: Ooh, now, Being yes. Human? Yes. Being
1: Human is an underrated uh yeah. gothic story. US or, is, or the UK version? I watch both. I'll watch both. both. The UK version is vastly superior. Yeah, it's, me, a, anyway. it's a
2: lot of that that office um shameless and yes. right, all UK Any
1: shows. Any UK show that gets half decent, they're like, "Let's ditch the accents." Let's get. I haven't some watched. It. Have they done there.
0: an American Taskmaster yet? Because I heard they have. Right. I think. They, I think they've done. Oh I know they've not. done an Australian one. <laughs> but I was like, but to me, I'm like, I, have, I haven't watched any of the international ones. I know there are. There's even like a Belgian one or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, good. Like, but I was just saying, I was like, so much of Taskmaster to me, because like, there's a weird relationship I feel that like the British have with the silly competition. Yes. I feel like American <laughs> comedians would be too competitive. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's like, because like, um, um, America has like a weird. I
1: have to win culture. When the British competition culture is like, this has to be entertaining for everybody. Well, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But it's interesting
2: because a lot of their their big hits were all about like awkward humor, right? Like look at um extras. Yeah, like just like how awkward it is, you know, of these moments. And it's interesting watching Shameless, the U.S. version, and seeing the U.K. version. It makes a hundred more more sense when you're like, oh yeah, this is why it's such a rotten, horrible family, and no one does anything. Yeah, you know.
1: What was that? Was that tall, skinny guy? Steven something.
2: Steve Merchant. Steve, Steve Merchant. Merchant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mickey Gervais. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So extras. It's just, uh, the
0: brand that they fucking live on. Who's the uh, voice of the robot in the se- Portal 2?
1: Yes, 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 we- yes. Wheatley or Wheatley or Wheatley yes. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Was, that, I,
0: I, known for a lot of other things, but that was uh, like, I think yeah. the longest I spent with Steven Merchant was the robot in Portal 2. <laughs> uh, question number three. Yeah. What yeah. piece of media has been formative in your life?
2: Piece of media has been formative in so, my yeah, life. So something like
0: the and the idea with this question is something that you either like watched, read, saw, heard that you were like, oh, this changes everything. Like this changes what I want to do with my life. This changes how I think about something. If you had like a, an aha moment, like bec- as a result of a piece of media.
2: I mean, I think uh, there's there's got to be a lot to to try to unpack with this one, but I think <laughs> that. Um, there was a TV show on TV Ontario called uh, Read All About It. I don't know if anyone, any of you guys know it, um, but it follows the exploits of uh, young, small community kids whose uncle disappears um, mysteriously. Mystery. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so they decide that to try to investigate his disappearance, they're going to start a newspaper called Read All About It. And the villain in this late se- 70s, early 80s TV show is a floating head called Dunedin. Okay. Yeah, but on the plaque inside of this um, this old warehouse that they convert into their newspaper, there's a, a, a fr- famous phrase where it says, "I met five wise men who taught me everything I knew. Mm-hmm. Their names were who, what, when, how, where, and why." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and that always stuck with me about like questioning things yeah, and yeah. like learning stuff. And I think that that's piece of like <laughs> popular. Culture um, really like made me think about things, question things, um, got me into like sci-fi, got me into literary because the whole show is based on reading. Mm -hmm. So you you know, they will talk about what an adjective is and how it's different than a noun. Mm -hmm. You know, and it wasn't catered for like elementary, like you know, lower class high school uh, preschoolers who just don't know how to read. It was like talking about grammatical structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. how
0: how do you structure words and your thoughts? and
2: And so you know, like. That really gave me a better grasp like of my kids language. can watch, read all well, well, it's very yeah.
1: cool. There's 40, 50-minute, 15-minute episodes. All,
2: by the way, on YouTube. Hey. And the whole seasons are there, and it was brilliant. Like, uh, I got to tell you, that was, like, one of the biggest things in terms of uh, my youth growing up. We're going to really find
1: something to break up all the bluey.
2: You know, well, <laughs> I got to tell you, more than the count, like, the count never gave me nightmares. This floating head, Dunedin, like, when you see it, you're like, there's no way – like, pull it up at some point like after this interview you're going to be like 10 year olds and 12 year olds are watching this it's terrifying right <laughs> there are adults now who are like posting like i'm still terrified of this like i'm yeah. having trauma so this so flipping,
1: man, is off did you grow up in Quebec or Ontario
2: i grew up 100% in quebec um I was born bred here. Je suis 100% en Montréalais, puis c'est intéressant. Did you ever
1: have Telefrancais?
2: Oh, mais sûr. Ananas? Come on, dude. That fucking pineapple <laughs>
1: gave me nightmares <laughs> for <laughs> years. Oh, no. That creepy pineapple with the okay, big wait. eyes?
2: Wait. Uh, you know what? I might change my answer in terms of – oh,
1: repeat the question again. What What piece of media was formative yeah. in your life?
2: It might be Parlez-moi. Do you know Parlez-moi? avec uh, that? Jean-Marc Favreau. Famous Quebec clown comedian. He played a, hobos, a hobo clown in the 70s. It's, he's a stand-up comedian, Marc-André Favreau. He did a show for TV Ontario where he was teaching Ontario kids French. Interesting. And so he would do a section of, of his show in French with all the sentences on, um, subtitled in English. Le téléphone son. The phone is ringing. Okay. Le téléphone son très fort. The f- phone is ringing really loud. Yeah. Now I will use it in a scene with my clown. And then he does a scene as the clown. Monsieur, le téléphone son. And you would see the words pop up. And it was a comedic scene, but it was all wholly in French. Okay. So that, like, in terms of, like, my French culture, that was the piece. Telefrancais, very close second, maybe. Telefrancais. Telefrancais. (laughs) <laughs> Salut, bonjour, hello. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my there God. we go. That's oh it. Oh, my God. But on the English side, I think it might have been um, read all about it. Read all about it. That Look at that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's not okay. That, yeah, that's just, nightmare I, fuel. I just pulled up the Needon. Please, you have to put that in
1: the show notes so people can fucking click on that. <laughs> and just that Victorian
2: painted head that's killed awful. me. That's Monster.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have a nightmare tonight. <laughs> that's <laughs> wash.
2: What well, wash? Wash. fall c'est fort You know? All right.
0: Uh, question number 4 is coming to us from the uh one of Evenco's senior booking agents, mm. Pat Guey. Okay. He also used to uh manage the stars, you know, mm-hmm. Montreal, Montreal Cred. Uh and this is a good question though. It's uh to you, what is the moment that you felt that Montreal became like an international city.
3: Ooh, oh my goodness.
2: Okay. Um, I mean, generation generationally speaking, mm-hmm. um, I'm 45, so my view of that window of when it became international it might vary yeah. specifically from anyone. Yeah, well,
0: th- th- that's what we kind of said. Is we were we, we actually we were. I'll give you. I'll, I'll tell you my answer of like, even if you're we like late or whatever. We kind of like zeroed in on like, like when was a moment where you realized like oh shit Montreal's on the map. So I will tell you like for me, and I forget the year, but it was early two thousands where I was like when Ray Charles plays the Jazz Fest. I was like oh shit. I was like Montreal is like it was the big outdoor show and it was Ray really, Char- really? yeah Charles. It was like and and it was just like it was I knew Montreal was an international city and whatever and like it all that all made sense. But I was like wait a second Ray Charles like Ray Charles is playing a big giant outdoor show and I was like oh we're like a real city like it, it's like we're not a we're not like second fiddle to nobody you know what i mean like that's like it was oh. it it was just so big and such a big name that that was like it i it like suddenly like click where i was like oh this city's dope <laughs> <laughs> it's dope yo no, that, no no <laughs> but i'm just saying like, enough, they're, 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 true. yeah like you're just sort of like it's, it's ray charles and he's there on on like outdoors free concert like Oh, man. I think... Blew my I, mind. That I, was like...
2: I'm with the concert mindset. I think that uh, watching Nirvana play Verdun Auditorium for oh, the Neutro Tour. I um, still have my ticket for that, by the way. It's and, 2000- uh, Shout out to all my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to all my friends who actually pitched in to give me the ticket. There was a scalper... And they knew how much I loved Nirvana, and when not
0: two thousand three, nineteen (laughs) ninety three, yeah. no one
2: had like we just didn't have enough for all of us to go. So they just gave me the extra money. We all pitched together, and I was the only who went to that show. That's wild. Um, and I saw I saw them play. Mm -hmm. I think that for me and within my own lifetime experience, you're like a band like Nirvana, like playing in your home city. Yeah. Right. Like that is huge. Mm -hmm. Like, and they have they've already been blowing up all the charts. Yeah. Uh, this is the Inutero Tour, so they've had already two other albums, yeah. right? And then a year and a half, y- y- two years later, it's New York and Undead, yeah. right? So this, like that for me, I think that 93 playing the Inutero Tour in Verdun the, the Auditorium was like, we are in a, a real city. A, a yeah. band like that can come here, and we've had Stones and blah, 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 but yeah. I think at Nirvana for me, and what it meant being an international success I think they were, and being yeah. in Montreal, that was the thing. I think, historically, if I'm trying to pick pick a date, I, I don't want to say Expo 67. Expo, uh, it's a, that's a big that's a, one. That's the first it's thing that came to my mind yeah. in terms right.
1: of, like, cause I wasn't around, but, obviously, right, but historically, yeah. when you think of the Montreal impact on a global scale, scale? I think Expo 67 has to be... Right, the Olympics, yeah. like things yeah. like that, that's have it. to
2: be considered in
1: right? terms
0: of the global eyes and the yeah. idea of. Yeah, but, I, but I think the gist of the question though was like, when when did you realize it was cool? Well, I don't know like, because
1: no, no, yeah. because the thing is this: when we ask people he's to he's ask said, another
0: question, yeah. we can't editorialize to what we think it means. We just right, have to no, ask so. another no, question. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm, right, I'm just editorial. saying you're no, leading but the but witness, that, but that's, sir. But that's why. But am on we We're like locked in trial. we locked in on the words was was when was the moment that you felt like that you that, yeah. you, that you felt it so that's what I'm saying so I was like when is the moment you well, think Montreal I would agree with you expo, like expo 67 but you weren't there so you didn't like feel it but if i read about what? it and that's when i felt it became a yeah, that's sure I, that, that, I guess i guess you know, yeah. yeah you again tell me when i feel subjective things? sir okay. overruled overruled all right all right enough. um
2: 93. It'll 93 it will be that nirvana, nirvana. nirvana concert. i just saw
0: foo fighters at the uh, Verdun auditorium right <laughs> yeah
2: yeah and they and they just came back right
0: which is a whole thing and he and like at by by dave Grohl's request so they play it was not he was like I was here 93 nirvana He was here 2003 yeah. with, as foo fighters he was like apparently he had even asked about 2013 but it was under like Construction. construction. Yeah. Like Ren- construction. Ren- construction. It was like under construction with dog shit. So he was like, he, and, he, he and wants he's to like, play it. exactly. He's like, that's a venue that's like near and dear, and he's like, he doesn't need to be playing a three thousand percent yeah. venue. No, to- <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. He doesn't need to do you the know Bell how much, Center. You
1: know how much uh, money he's leaving on the
0: table by doing well, that? Well, they, they like, he had was they were sold out. Eighty thousand people in Quebec City the yeah. like two nights before, and yeah. he was like, it, let's play to thirty five hundred in Verdun because it's a cool spot. This is it. Like this is it, right? Yeah. So yeah, and I will tell you, like right, right then and there. When will a computer ever do that shit? But, like, like sitting, <laughs> sitting, sitting there and Whack. hear Dave, Dave Grohl, like, talk about how awesome Montreal is and yeah. how many friends he has here and all that stuff is, like, that's also very cool. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. We've been around. Uh, so turn the tables, Joe. What question do you want to ask our next guest?
2: Okay. Um, you know what? Uh, we're going to stay on the, the Montreal yes. field. Nice. Um, Love it. Montrealers. Um, <clears throat> I think the question I'll ask is, what is the most important aspect to being a Montrealer? Oh, uh, I love it. What is uh. the one uh, mo- most, impor- uh, most important aspect? I use the word aspect because it, then it gets a little broader stroke. I like that. You know what I mean? It could be the food for them or whatever it was, but what's the most what important? The most
0: important? I'll tell you, this is not – I don't think this is my answer, but I, I do remember one of the most – the, one of the things where you're sort of like, like, what is Montreal? And I was. I think I was at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> and there was a guy, and this is, I think this is like 20, 2013 or 2015. We had a deep cup run 2015. So it yeah. is, it's like, it was like. A guy wearing like skinny jeans, had like the thick frame glasses that were like really popular like 2015, whatever, had like swoopy hair and like a neckerchief and I like, love like ba- it. basically like the biggest scene kid in the world. And he's like, and he's like on his phone and he's like, yeah, but when is Puck Drop? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that guy doesn't care yeah. about Puck Drop in any other city. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that's ooh. I was like, I was like, that, that, that. Scene kid, I can't, I can't, be, I can't miss the
1: first five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. The national anthem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Yeah.
0: But like, like that that scene kid in any other city doesn't give the a shit about anthems, the Puck national drop. anthems. The oh. national
1: anthems makes my wife irrationally mad. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Irrationally, if someone doesn't do the exact cadence that she was taught, O oh, Canada, she <laughs> will lose, lose her fuck. <laughs> if someone goes and the land of the free, and then they hold the note too long in any national anthem,
2: my wife will fucking. Cat putt <laughs> and you know loser what? shit and it's funny because those things like that moment you're talking about yeah. right there like missing five minutes of that yeah. I struggled when I was in Australia for the eight years I was living away I can imagine right like even just trying to watch the games like when we made that 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 Stanley Cup run mm. I was at. A private school with a bunch of Australian kids going, Which one are we rooting for? we see the ones in the red shirts? <laughs> and they didn't understand a single yeah. lick about hockey, but they yeah. could tell that I was excited yeah. and that it meant something. Yeah. And trying to explain like the comparisons between that and um this soccer is for them. weird. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. rugby to them. They were like, so this is like the grand final. Like, yeah, this is the, the grand final, right? the grand final. How many matches do they play in the grand final? Like, it's up to seven. First one to win four. They're like, how many do we have? We're like, we need more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 10 o'clock in the morning. That's when I was yeah, watching. Exactly oh, that's it. actually I, not a
1: bad time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If it was like three in the morning, that's brutal, but oh, 10 in yeah. the morning is like pretty reasonable.
0: But no, like, like for me, it's, it's, I, I, it's so lame to just kind of like be like the hockey thing but it, it's like okay. it's, it's no, so it's, fine. it's so omnipresent And like even even just like the, the the most recent weirdest cup run in history like that coming out of the pandemic was like wild and just watching the city go batshit it and like everybody like everybody deep down knew that we were just gonna get oh! devoured by the Tampa Bay Lightning. What absolutely. Like there was no doubt in my mind. I was like like I was like we put Vegas away. I was like that was wonderful. But I was like on Saint Jean. Where yeah, do you, where, where do
2: you have the body bags again, Lawrence? <laughs> I mean,
0: I'll get get them. Yeah. on Saint Jean, like biggest biggest goal certainly of my like memory lifetime, like yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Like <clears throat> nuts. But I'm just saying. But then I was just sort of like, Oh, Tampa Bay Lightning are a different thing. Well,
1: Nikita, and, Nikita Kucherov, who didn't play all season, all who, of a who sudden, broke,
0: who broke every playoff
1: record, no, yeah, in a Michelin Man suit. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's like, like it's, come all, on.
0: it's it's there's pl- there's plenty of reasons why I I felt, but I was like, like a couple minutes into the game, I was like, Oh, this is like like, yeah, like I was like shedding a tear. Like a few mm. minutes into the first game, I was like, They're another, they're another thing. Tampa is another thing that oh, we're facing man. right now, and it's it's a it was a huge bummer, but it was like kind of a foregone conclusion. But I'm still like wouldn't trade it in for anything. No, was fun do either of you two remember um, '93? I was too young. I, I was woken up for it because okay. like, I was ten. Okay. So, I, like I said, a little little younger than you. You're, you'd been 15. That must have been. Out of your mind, right? Yeah, like you yeah, must yeah. have been like like that, like on the streets, but like like 15 years old is when you're the biggest yeah. uh, like sports yeah. fan. Yeah, <laughs> you're just like yeah, and you're we like just, I bleed for this team. team. That's and it. You're yeah. like, there's like, what do you? What else are you living for? You're fourteen. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know, well, like, Nintendo
2: and snacks and exactly stuff. Exactly. Right. That's it. But like, like I, I remember
0: the '93 <laughs> Cup Run uh, for a couple of things. One, I was in uh, school play, and mm. we had the game on on the radio backstage. Wow. So that was that was
2: one like, missing your cues because one, that's what's going to go a hundred percent. And it's like everybody's
0: <laughs> like it's like an elementary school play. So everybody's like bah, 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 and then like runs back to like listen to the radio and you're like <laughs> so everybody's just blasting <laughs> through their lines and getting is, off stage as quickly it. as possible. <laughs>
2: There's uh, one teacher just like my job depends on this. <laughs> please. And,
0: and then yeah and then being uh, like woke, woken up when they actually won the cup because I it was wow. it was a, it was a right. school night and, and that, but I also I also remember. Again, because there was so much OT in that run. Like, always. Yes. Like, just like 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 fighting, fighting for like another period with my parents. Uh, And my dad being like, what are we talking? My dad's not even a hockey fan. He's like, 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 we have one television, two channels. Like, why are (laughs) you still watching this? Channel 12. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Why is this still on television? Uh, All right. So So. you, you back to Montreal, do you ever have an answer, Lawrence? Bagels. Bagels.
1: Bagels. Bagels. And beginning and end of story. Bagels.
2: You You know what? Impeccable bagels. That is. is. the correct answer, I gotta That's say. So. Australia knows nothing about it. nothing business. about bagels. You know nothing about uh, bagels. It hurts so bad. There's no bagels. Joe said it. it. Real, real quick, um, when I was in Australia, the owner of St. Vieter was flown by a, a proprietor from Sydney to bring and become their consultant. He designed their oven, gave them the St. Vieter recipe. And they opened a real Montreal bagel place, and it was only eighty percent close to a real bagel. Yeah,
0: but it's a lot to do with the, the water, water. And the right? Exactly. Yeah, right. there's, th- there's that. That's the like I will the the flip side of that, and and it's it's not even a, a the traditional bao bun, right? But the the Taiwanese bao bun, like, is the. Greatest bao bun in my mind. <laughs> There's a good table fifty-one. Table fifty-one. No, but that's what I'm saying. No, nothing, nothing in North America can touch it. Braised and but beef, like yeah. I said, and it's such. I'm. I do, like. I'm chasing something that is non-existent because like the Taiwanese bao bun isn't even the traditional, traditional ba- bao bun. It isn't, it it isn't even it. the. But generation. you're not
2: paying twenty-six dollars for twelve bagels in yeah. Sydney. Like yeah. that yeah. was. My, I couldn't believe it. I yeah. was like, oh, that's no. that's wild. W- but w- yeah, but that's it. Like I've never
0: I've never had bao here that was could hold a candle specifically to, like, the Taiwanese bao. For sure. Like, That's and, and like I said, and knowing even, like I said, like, uh, like, uh, my friend Eric, whatever, who's, like, traveled, he's like, he's like, the Taiwanese one is also, it's still another thing and it might, must be, he's like, the ingredients gotta be identical. It's a bun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but he's like, it's something yeah. in the water, or something, and yeah, like, something in whatever, like, something in the air. That's so, it. let us know, under
1: pressure, when, where?
2: August 12th, August 13th. This year, uh, because we, uh, Because I was unable to close and didn't really want to close all the streets of St. Catherine. We have all of the painting activities happening around... Um, the Fafun Electric, mm-hmm. which is eighty seven Saint Catherine Street East. Uh, Saint Catherine Street East. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have several other buildings that we're going to be painting behind the Fafun and locally behind Theatre Saint Catherine. Mm-hmm. Um, some on the street of Saint Catherine, but most of the activities will be behind Fafun. Mm-hmm. And then all the other street activities: the stage, break dancing, um, MCs, DJs. Uh, we have a basketball court, and we have some kid- kids' activities mm-hmm. will be happening at Park. Park Toussaint-L'Ouverture, which is located at 137 um Zonneuve Street East, or you can enter it from 150... Um Ontario Street. Yeah. It's the park uh, which is surrounded by the apartment p- complexes one block north of the Fufun Electric. Mm. So yeah, all say, the outdoor like activities up, up and over. No, exactly. So yeah, all yeah, the activities yeah. will be in the park. Speaking, wor-
0: speaking of cleaning up parks, again, we're talking about 20 years ago. That was a park that you wouldn't have kids' activity in 20 yeah, years ago. that's Definitely it. <laughs> no, that's, but this is it,
2: right? Like, this is it. Yeah, yeah. And so that's it. So we're, uh, we're trying to go back. Uh, it's uh, the 20th edition. Uh, the throwback '73 is uh, the tagline for Under Pressure this year. We're throwing back to the '73 outdoor um, graffiti jams, like hip hop uh, block party feel. Everyone is, but you know, as the oldest festival in town, we've always been a block party. We've had Cool Herc two, three times come out mm-hmm. to Montreal for this festival. So um, you know, we hope to see you all there. We're going to go back to the roots and uh, make our way to, to Grand Year 30.
0: That's uh, going to be crazy. So we're gonna, we'll are gonna we see you again in 2025, which is also a nice round number. 2025 right, for the, 30? the 30th? Yeah, 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 right? Well played. Well, well uh, I
2: mean, you know, Asians and math. That's what I do, sir. <laughs> That's what I do, fam. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for coming out. That was a blast. Eh? It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, both awesome. of you.
0: Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um, Thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, If you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street. Uh, We really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, Please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal Or uh, just p- people that have stuff to uh, promote that we kind of care about we can, we can go outside of Montreal if we want to um, Yeah, so just tell tell people about the show It's a, it's a fun show, we, we like doing it a lot We've done it for over 200 episodes And it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you um, If you want to support the show at all you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 9 to cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way it really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part we're really not trying to make a profit on this um, and also if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show you can uh, contact us either on Facebook or on Twitter there's a bunch of ways to find us Uh, And uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and uh, plugs something. A big thank you, as always, to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude who provided our theme songs. And of course, a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show: Uh, Walter J. Ling, who is technically retired but still sometimes hosts; Uh, Christopher Vendito, Lawrence Corber, and uh, Ines Anaya. uh, All are all amazing hosts, and you should support them and their comedy and uh and all of that uh thank you for listening thank you for choosing go Blog yourself uh as one of your from the millions of podcasts and have a beautiful day thank you 905.cc podcast blogs and comics made in montreal since
3: 2011